This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Now we are privileged to have two doctors on the phone to answer our questions and yours. So please let me introduce Dr. Bob Bell, former CEO of the University Health Network and former Deputy Minister of Health here in Ontario. And I'd like to welcome a new guest, Dr. Adam Kassam, who is a physician and health writer. Doctors, welcome to you both. Thank you so much for being with us. Hi, Libby. Thank you for having us. Okay, well, uh, you know, people are, are, our phone lines are uh, going nuts because people have a lot of questions. So we really appreciate your being with us. And my first question, I don't know if you were tuned into the top of our show, but um, our Gavin Day spent the morning on the phones trying to get hold of the numbers the government is telling people to get hold of if they suspect they need to be tested for COVID-19. And the result was uh, when it came to public health, we uh, gave up after being on hold for an hour and 17 minutes. And when it came to telehealth, couldn't even get that far. It was a busy signal. Bob Bell, what should people do if they can't get through? Well, you know, the government's got some websites that are uh, suggesting the reasons why people should consider uh, getting screened for COVID. The concept being that uh, only certain people will require testing. Those people probably have a fever. They probably have a cough. And they probably have some history of contact with uh, either foreign travel themselves or somebody who may have been diagnosed with COVID or have a travel history. Um, we saw the information from the Ottawa Testing Center, the off-site from Ottawa Hospital Testing Center over the weekend, where uh, lots of people went in and were, uh, were first of all questioned as to their symptoms, and most of those people were not tested. So, a, you know, Ontario's been doing quite a bit of testing, but uh, they're also conserving testing kits by ensuring the people who are being tested are being questioned, first of all, and the issue of both contact with somebody or travel history, symptoms of fever and a cough seem to be, seem to be the important ones. Of course, uh, a lot of concern out there. The other source of information is, of course, primary care offices. The Ontario College of Family Practice has put out excellent information to, uh, to people regarding, um, you know, the kinds of, uh, uh uh, care for the health is should be taken. So calling your family doctor is also an excellent idea, not showing up at their office, but calling them and uh, and getting their advice as well is a smart thing to do. Uh, Dr. Kassam, do you have anything to add to that? I mean, again, should you, somebody need to be tested, they need to have an appointment, can't get through on the phones. Uh, you know, we know we want to conserve the test for people who really need the test, but, uh, you know, people have to figure out if they do or if they don't. 
No, it's a good question, Libby. And, and just to Dr. Bell's point, there is a self-assessment tool that the Ontario uh, provincial government has recently released. I think it was yesterday or the day before where individuals can go online and ask, they can fill out a form or fill out sort of the self-assessment tool to see if they need to get tested. Um, and I agree that we, ha- we do have a scarcity of resources here. We, had, we don't have enough tests. And if you look at other experiences across the world, uh, there's been there have been issues with rolling out numbers of tests that can adequately uh, you know, sustain the demand for these tests. So, for example, in Korea, they were doing 10 to 15,000 tests a day, and we clearly don't have that capacity. So, um, you know, doing the self-assessment tool, there are now uh, physician codes that have been approved by uh, the Ontario Ministry of Health so that physicians can do a bit of triage through their telephone. So, as Dr. Bell was saying, if it wasn't through the public health uh, systems or the the numbers that were available there, trying to ask your family doctor through uh, through the phone would be a reasonable next step for sure. Okay, well, the, are the codes the issue? We know they need a code to get paid for it, but uh, so you can call your family doctor and maybe you'll get through. Right, right. So the codes have been approved since I think March 14th, and so they're 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 online and they're ready to go. And, and physicians, I believe, are actually using them at this point in time. Now, I must admit, the uh, the primary care docs of Ontario are um, certainly innovating when it comes to service provision for their for their patients in that way, especially as Anna mentioned, uh, virtual care is called on the phone, either you know, on telephone by by chat, by specially designed apps for providing virtual care. There are a number of innovative approaches to providing answers for patients and even to providing care for more chronic problems. Got to remember that primary care docs, you know, are providing care on a daily basis. They don't want people coming to their office with with coughs, with upper respiratory infections at this point, but they still need to be seeing people for their diabetes, for their congestive heart failure, et cetera. And there are a number of ways that patients can be served by virtual care. And uh, I think people will be seeing notes, emails from their primary care docs if they call their office, primary care offices. They'll be hearing about different ways to receive care and get get advice. Uh, I think it's terrific the way that primary care docs across the province are responding with innovative ways of serving patient needs. Uh, I heard, uh, this is interesting, out of BC, that... uh, that their notes have been sent out to doctors who retired in the last two years saying, please stand by, we may need you. <laughs> it's interesting, actually, Libby, because, uh, you know, we're seeing that happen in Italy where physicians from around the world are actually coming to Italy to help. I think China sent several, I think, nine or ten specialist physicians to uh, to Italy to help out, not, notwithstanding all of everything that's going on in China on the ground there. And the corollary to that is that I think Gavin Newsom in in California, the governor of California, actually said yesterday or the day before that anyone over the age of 65, including uh, physicians or healthcare workers, should be staying home. So I think that we're this is very much a moving target, and you know I think this will continue to evolve very quickly here in Ontario and across the country. Uh, Dr. Bell, you ready to go back to work? <laughs> Well, you've got to remember, Libby, that there's a tremendous amount of capacity in our system that can be liberated by thinking through what so-called elective procedures need to be provided at any one time. You know, uh, colonoscopies, per, you know, elective surgery. There are a number of different procedures that 
are going to be delayed, that are going to be canceled for a period of time. This liberates not only the physicians. I'm an orthopedic surgeon, as you know, Libby, and I'm not capable of looking after folks in critical care or emergency departments, but I'm capable of helping out on the units. And, you know, uh, orthopedic surgeons, other surgeons who do um, elective surgery that could be delayed during the course of the COVID concern, these folks provide not only their own resources, but they also free up nurses. They also free up space in hospital. Probably 15 to 20 percent of the beds in Ontario hospitals at any one time are occupied by people who are undergoing elective surgery, as well as the surgery that's done in ambulatory surgical units. So by delaying or canceling elective surgery for a period of time, there's a substantial health human resource as well as uh, bed capacity within hospitals that can be liberated. Okay, now before we get to the phones, I have a, an email question here that I'm hoping one of you can answer. It, it's from uh, Tina in Whitby, and her daughter just returned from Phoenix, Arizona yesterday. She is in self-isolation in the house with her own bathroom. She was not on one of the flights that had a confirmed case, but she came from Phoenix where there were confirmed cases. So uh, can Tina go to work or does Tina have to stay home as well? I think the recommendation is that she should self-isolate coming from abroad, just about any destination abroad at this point, obviously. Checking with her... No, no, no. The, the daughter health. is self-isolating, but oh, and, and she's, it, she's, she's in her own room and has her own bathroom. But does the rest of the family have to stay at home? If they're at... Uh, so what kind of work are they doing? Are they going to a healthcare facility or are they... No, they're not in health care, but uh, they've got jobs. Yeah, I think if they had an opportunity to work from home, that would be a smart thing to consider. Um, I would agree with Dr. Bell. I think that uh, in, a, in a perfect world, they would they would also stay at home, self-isolate. I had a relative who came back from Florida not too long ago, and uh, the relative and their families their family uh, is staying home. And so I think out of an abundance of caution, especially in the context of the need for social distancing right now in terms of flattening the curve, uh, her family should be uh, self-isolating as well. You know, Libby, one of the things to think about in terms of all these things, obviously there are a thousand questions that don't have hard evidence-based answers. Um, I think the thing that all health professionals, I think Adam would probably agree with me on this, one of the things that we rely on is the precautionary principle that if somebody isn't essential, if somebody can work from home, why not take that opportunity at this stage? Uh, taking more care than perhaps is essential is probably a smart thing to do, and that's the precautionary and, principle. And if they can't work from home, they should well, take the time off if they can? Let me you know, know it's a good question, Bob. And, and, and Bob kind of talked about this at length, and I think the Ford government just announced um, some measures economically as far as sort of fiscal stimulus to allow for people to stay home and be paid. And I don't know, I think that was retroactive until January 25th, if I'm not mistaken. And so I think that the governments, which are learning to be more proactive right now, are putting in provisions to allow that to take place. And I am going to get to some of the folks who have been waiting patiently for their questions. We've got Maria in Toronto. Hi, Maria. Hi, Libby. Thank you for taking my call. I've been listening to you for 
all the time. But anyway, my question is, I'm not sick, but if I would be sick, should I take Advil, Tylenol, aspirin, drink a lot of fluid, uh, or cough syrup? You mean if you get this virus? If I get this virus, because okay. nobody's questioning that. They just tell us to stay home. Okay, well, there's no, uh, th- there, there's no medication for it, but I'll let a doctor answer. Thank you so much. Adam, you're we practicing. You go ahead. Yeah, sure. So uh, we know that for any of the symptoms that you're experiencing, what we say is to make sure we are doing the same kinds of things that you would do if you had the flu. One of the recent studies, however, that did come out um, said that we should not be using Advil or any other NSAIDs. Um, or non-steroidal anti-inflammatories. So if you were to pick one, pick Tylenol to treat the fever and not Advil, because we're, we're finding, at least out of uh, certain countries, that Advil has been shown to be worse for recovery if you were to get this uh, the virus itself and had to have a treatment for it. So uh, t- Tylenol is the answer, and, and other um, measures like, again, making sure that you're well hydrated, making sure you're taking rest, making sure you're at home and not trying to spread uh, the virus to your loved ones is going to be important. Okay, well, thank you so much. So cough syrup, if I'm coughing, wouldn't do any good? No, you can use that to be to, to treat it symptomatically, absolutely, if you find that that's helpful. That there's, no, there's no concern with that. Okay, Maria, thanks for your call. All right. Let's, uh, by the way, Dr. Kassam, I had not heard that before. That's great information. Thank you so mm-hmm. much. Yeah, it, I think there was a study that came out either yesterday or the day before that we're in a, this sort of physician group that shares a lot of this, you know, some sort of changing information and knowledge. And, and it's a very re- relatively new um, finding with COVID. Okay. Uh, very interesting. And I will make sure that we repeat that in our newscasts. Marianne in Burlington. Hi, Marianne. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I was a little concerned. I was shopping on Saturday, and there was a man behind me. Now, I was three feet ahead of him, but he had a really bad cough, and he was an older man, and everybody was looking at him. He said, well, I've only got a sore throat. So I was concerned. Could he possibly have had the virus? Somebody want to take that? Sure. I think, you know, it's certainly possible that he had a virus, uh, you know, the likelihood that that was uh, the virus we're talking about, coronavirus 2, is un- unlikely. Um, you know, obviously, you want to do the things that you can do to protect yourself. And the most important thing you can do is to be washing your hands frequently uh, after you're in a social situation when you're shopping, washing your hands either with alcohol-based hand sanitizer or Plain old soap and water is exactly what you need to do to be protecting yourself against anything like the kind of risk that you're describing. Right. Yeah. And if I was to, if he did have it, would I get, and I picked it up, how long would it take to get symptoms? Well, I think probably the average incubation time is said to be about five days, Adam, is what I've read. Is that what you're uh, understanding? Yeah, five days, but it could be as long as 14 days. So um, that's why the quarantine or the uh, self-isolation period is, uh, is 14 days. You moment. know, people, we've got to be cautious. We don't want to be paranoid. I mean, uh, earlier in the show, I was mentioning... I am a person who has a a runny nose every day of my life, and it's not associated with COVID. But, you know, when when some someone saw me blowing my nose, they got all paranoid about it. So, 
Yeah. And and uh, again, if you wash your face, uh, wash your hands and don't touch your face after you're there, you're probably good. And, and he was an older man. He probably has an underlying condition. Well, he could have, but it was just very frightening and I've been worried all weekend. Okay, well, I think I think uh, safe, but, but not paranoid is a good watchword. Marianne, thanks for your call. All right, thank you. Bye. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's that's one of the problems, doctors. People get really paranoid. Absolutely, yeah. Libby. I think that, um, you know, what we should try and effectively communicate to the public is that 80 to 90 percent of people who will contract the virus will either have very mild symptoms or be completely asymptomatic. And so I think while this virus, as far as containing its spread is very, very important and is crucial. And we're in a very small window to be able to do that effectively here in Ontario. We should also realize that um, most people will do just fine um, whether or not they have this virus. Uh, the changes that the, uh, the government's implementing now with social distancing, the reduction in gatherings, the uh, obviously school closures, the idea that when you're in a public place like doing shopping, if you're maintaining a distance between you and other folks, these are important observations to follow on with, as well as really importantly, washing your hands. Uh, and, you know, washing your hands as frequently as possible is probably one of the best ways to protect yourself. And for 20 seconds, and uh, while you're singing a song, I know I posted, at, I, I was challenged by Dr. Sahel Gandhi, who's the head of the OMA, yep. and, and I did our... our um, Hand washing video, and of course, the most challenging thing for me was keeping the tune. <laughs> but we did it. You're right. Let me. Twenty seconds is longer than we would sort of normally think. But as Bob was saying, washing your hands as frequently and as diligently as you can is going to be important. Avoid touching your face, especially your eyes, nose, and mouth. Covering your mouth when you're coughing and sneezing. Trying to avoid handshaking. Um, those. These are simple things that we can all do a little bit better, and we'll go a long way. Okay, there were a couple of questions from the last half hour that I uh, th- that I promised to ask. So one was, uh, if you get this, you you're isolated, you recover. Can you get it again? I don't think that's certain right now. I think you know we certainly get various coronaviruses, colds uh, are coronaviruses, and uh, you know the small genetic changes that can occur. Uh, I don't think that's simply known at present. There's not enough experience over enough time to be able to say anything one way or another definitively. And uh, people asked about their pets. I think there's no evidence now that you can get it from your pet. Can you give it to your pet? What's the deal? So the the, the fortunate thing, and I have a dog, an old senior blind dog named Freddie, and uh, my wife and I you know, think about this all the time. But the WHO, so the World Health Organization, said that at least for dogs, they can't get it or give it to any any, any person. So that's really positive news. Uh, what about cats? I don't know about cats, uh, Libby. I'm not sure about cats, but at least uh, dogs can't be a, a vector, to my, to my knowledge. Okay. And uh, I'm going to uh, take a call from Marion in Etobicoke. And I don't know if you if you have the, the formula, because uh, Marion, hi, you're asking... Hi about Even hand sanitizer is so hard to get. If you take 70% rubbing alcohol and put aloe vera gel with it, would that work? That's a good question. I've seen that suggested. I thought it was 80-20, but 70-30 uh, is probably pretty close. But if, can a- you get an 80% rubbing alcohol? 
I, I think I don't what know. Referring I mean, to if I could, alcohol. I would do that as long uh, as Ma- that. Uh, Marion, why don't you let them answer? <laughs> Go ahead, Dr. Bell. Yeah, my understanding is that if you take 80, uh, you, you create something that's 80% rubbing alcohol, 20% aloe vera lotion, you will end up with something similar to what you buy as hand sanitizer. But that's oh. purely from what I've read recently. No scientific uh, guarantee behind that at all. Okay, Marion, uh, give it a shot. Thanks for your call. Uh, it, it, speaking of hand sanitizer, so uh, I did a huge run, and I was thrilled to find one drugstore that sold me a 60 mil, that's a, that's a very small size, limit one per customer for six ninety nine. when the regular price is $1.50. <laughs> There's probably yeah. some profiteering going on, do you think, Libby? Uh, yeah, I think, except, you know, it's they're not trying to sell it for $300 like they do on eBay. So I guess right. uh, I guess that. Now, uh, here's Betty in Hamilton. Hi, Betty. Hi there, Libby. Um, yes, why I'm calling is my son is in the Boston area, and he has um, 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 contracted uh, the, the virus. He's been sick for about a week. Um, one of his uh, co-workers or had gone to that conference in Boston, that Biogen uh, conference. Sorry Anyhow, to hear that. His temperature had gone up to 103.5. He wasn't um, taking any fluids. Uh, consequently, he you know, wasn't well. And they told him to take Tylenol, 1,200 milligrams of Tylenol, um, every half hour. Well, pardon me, I'm sorry. 1,200 milligrams of Tylenol. And then 12 hours later, um, the Advil, the same amount, and then again 12 hours later, the Tylenol, to try to bring the um, the temperature down. Um, and I know I I noticed that you mentioned that you shouldn't use the the IV with this. Okay, mm-hmm. Betty, I'm going to let you go and let uh, the doctors answer that again because that's apparently new information, and uh, we only have a little more than a minute left in the show. Okay, so just listen for the answer. All right. Yes. Thanks for your call, uh, so Doctor Kassam. Again. Sure. So the top daily dose of Tylenol, of course, is four grams a day, and we don't want anyone exceeding that number. And as far as ibuprofen is concerned, so I'm just looking right now, and it's this study was out of France, and there are French, the French Minister um, of Health actually, and the French authorities of health actually said that taking anti-inflammatories could be a factor in aggravating the infection. And so until uh, we know more, and of course, this is very preliminary data, this is very, very recent information, we, uh, the suggestion, at least in the physician community right now, is to use Tylenol as opposed to Advil. Okay. Uh, and uh, again, we will be repeating that in our newscast, so make sure that people get the message. Uh, Dr. Bell, uh, in a few seconds, what would you like to leave us with? Well, I probably, people in Ontario, the rest of Canada should understand that there's enormous capacity that can be developed in our health system if we're actually in a situation where people need hospitalization with covid Certainly the, the concerns that we've seen from Seattle, from northern Italy regarding hospitals being overrun are the reason why the government's taking steps now to increase social distancing, to take kids out of school, to try and avoid the pressure on the hospital system we've seen in other places to flatten the curve, as you've heard time and time again. And our system is well developed to respond. I think people should feel confident that this system can be there for us. 
Okay, Dr. Kassam, 20 seconds. Yeah, thanks, Libby. I think that uh, to echo what Bob is saying, I think that we just have to keep our our heads about us. I think we have to exercise caution and good judgment, understand that we're all in this together and that we're going to have to help and support one another if we're going to be successful with uh, with overcoming this, which we will. And so, you know, making sure that you're checking in on your loved ones, making sure that you're checking in on the elderly and, and other, um, you know, individuals, I think, in your, in, in your sort of social circle is going to be very important moving forward. Okay. Dr. Kassam, Dr. Bob Bell, thank you so much for being with us. And I hope that we We'll be able to get you back soon because obviously you're doing a great service for our audience and we all really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Libby. Okay, and that's all the time we have, people. I'll be back here tomorrow. We'll be taking more of your calls. We'll make sure that your questions are answered. Stay tuned through the afternoon because things are changing. The Prime Minister is going to be speaking shortly. We will have all that information on our newscast going forward. And uh, that's all the time we have today. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.